0: There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly,
1: you don't One, two, three, set, go. Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of the Power Court Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there as always. I'm your host Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to another episode of the show, and it is your February 2022 rundown. Already doing the second one of the year, insane, but uh, I feel like we've had such a packed show this uh, month. A lot of lot of stuff to talk about for our rundown. But before we get into it, and uh, very fitting for uh, the last episode of the month, but a big thank you to uh, this month's sponsor, Disctopia, who uh, really did did sponsor the show for the. The, uh, entire month. So huge thanks to them. And uh, if you've not heard me say it yet or you have and you just have not checked it out yet, I highly recommend this for uh, all podcasters and creatives out there. Disktopia is designed by dreamers and it's powered by fans. And dystopia is a streaming first platform where creatives can easily upload, manage and distribute their content like music and podcasts, just like this here thing that I'm doing right now. And, uh, you know, it's all in one place, nice and easy, nice and convenient. And uh, Dystopia offers extensive distribution all over the web, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, and many, many more, all the big ones. And uh, you get things like unlimited storage and uploads, unique listener reports, web player analytics, email support, and so much more. The best podcast hosting starts with Dystopia. and uh, if you don't believe me, check it out for yourself at dystopia.com. You know, I will throw it out there real quick before we begin too, because I'm I'm awful at like uh uh you know like announcing it on here, but. If uh, you know you are a brand or a company or something like that, and you know you're looking to spread the word and you know just do a do a cheap sponsorship, we uh, we do them very cheap here. So uh, hit me up powercordhour at gmail.com, and uh, we'll do something. We'll work together. So uh, hit me up. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're trying to get the word out on something, if you just want to like run you know run it for like a month or something, you know even if it's just like a, a temporary uh, you know ad campaign that you're doing, just let me know. But uh, anyway. All done with uh, that fun stuff. We're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into more fun stuff, even more fun than sponsors and ad reads. And uh, I don't know how you get much more fun than that. But yeah, as we get into the uh, February rundown, I uh, I've stayed very busy with the show this month. It was our sixth anniversary month, as uh, you've probably known if you've listened to any episodes this month. I, I've definitely brought it up more more than once but uh it's uh it's been really fun i mean not just cuz it's an anniversary month but i've just been keeping up with guests really like really frequently lately we've had uh we've had guests just about every week you know it, it, i like doing at the end of the month always doing these rundowns just doing a solo episode so i i always enjoy the last one just just me and the microphone just come in here and just kind of bullshit but uh you know every other week just having a lot of uh people on lately and some great people i mean i i love i love uh Everyone I've had on, and I mean, I, I always do not not like it's uh, any different, but it's been really rad. I mean, even like I, I've I've talked about it a couple times on here, but uh, John Jughead, I mean, the legend that he is. I I recorded that now almost a month ago with him, like at the very beginning of February, like that first uh, whatever the first Saturday I think would have been. And uh, it still hasn't come out. It feels like it was forever ago, but it's just his is kind of waiting because, I mean, we we talked about a bunch of stuff, but uh, like nothing was, you know, I, I kind of was like, you know, some people I've had on and they have like a new record coming out or, you know, like we had Travis Shuttle on last week and it was for uh, Piebald's anniversary. We we're the only friends we have. And that was, you know, it was just a couple days after it came out. So there's like, you know, there's certain things I wanted out at certain dates. So, I mean, I kind of, you know, kind of set that one aside. For a while, because you know, he does his podcast weekly. So I mean that's always, you know, it's always something to go check out, which you definitely should go check out, Jughead's basement. Really, really good stuff. But um, yeah, there's been a couple interviews that I've been sitting on here for a while, and it's uh it's crazy. Cause really I don't always I'm I'm bad at it. like admittingly, I'm bad. There's times where I'll have like one guest ready, you know, for like the following week, but I'm not someone who has a bunch of like episodes normally like banked away, you know, like if I know I'm like going away somewhere and I have to like record some for while I'm gone, like, you know, I've done that in the past before, but like I'm not really one who, uh, you know, is like ahead a whole lot. But right now I am. I mean, I have even going into March here. um, I have every episode I think planned out for each week and half of them have already been recorded and uh the other one actually a really cool one that uh I will tease it cuz we will definitely uh we got it locked down so we'll be doing it in in either either way it will be done by by mid March but uh Joey Cobra coming back and uh for the second time this year already which I'm very stoked on cuz got to have him in more frequently I like having you know he he lives right here in Jamestown and uh you know we can have an in studio guest and everything but um he's going to come in we're going to talk about no so long and thanks for all the shoes for its 25th anniversary and that's my favorite no effects record i want to say it's his as well i won't i won't put words in his mouth but i'm pretty sure it's his as well and uh we're going to do that and i'm really really excited for that that's going to be a lot of fun and uh, yeah, I, I've been talking to him too for uh, him and a few other people. and I won't say too much yet, but uh, something cool I'm kind of starting to plan for like early summer probably. And uh, I mean no guarantee of who's playing, but it would definitely be some kind of uh, some kind of little show. you know, I've never I've never put one on, but I've thought of it a lot in the past. And I think it's probably time to pull the trigger. So I've been talking to some people and uh, hopefully we'll get we'll get a nice little lineup going and stuff. And I mean, I'll obviously announce more. Trust me, once I once I get things actually like more than just on paper, um, you'll hear a lot about it because I'll be promoting the hell out of it. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked having Joey in here in just a few days and uh, have a few other ones getting lined up, which uh, I'm very excited for. Uh, episode 100 of the podcast, I mean, this is episode 95. I'm already, uh, I, I know who I'm going to be asking to come on for the 100th. I have not asked yet. Pretty sure they will. I, I think they're game. But uh, it is a, it would be a returning guest. But uh, someone very fitting to have on for the 100th episode. And I'd be very stoked for it. That'll be, but that's also like, uh, I forget what I, I had the other day. I want to say something like April 11th. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like April 11th will be like our 100th episode. Which uh, is crazy. Hundredth episode of this on the radio show. We're up to like episode like two seventy three, two seventy four. I think was uh, was last week's episode. So we're uh, we're inching our way towards a hundred of those. I guess I guess if you put them all together, I've done about four hundred episodes of collectively of the of the podcast and the radio show, which is uh, just nuts. But I mean, like I said too. I mean, this month marked our uh, sixth anniversary back on uh, February nineteenth. 2016 our very first broadcast on uh, 107.9 WRFA and uh, it was it was fun last uh, week for the anniversary episode I played uh, the whole the whole playlist from the first uh, radio show which actually sadly we got cut off at the very end for time but uh, that was my fault so we were in our new time slot and uh, I forgot a few about a few breaks and uh, went a little long, so we did. We did get cut off. You're listening to that. Apologies. I know we got cut off, but hey, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, playing playing songs off that uh, off that first episode was really really fun, and going back and. Uh, and discovering what the what the actual playlist was because I had to go back and like I remember like I knew like up the cuts was our first uh, song we ever played but like I like I knew we played the stereos devotion I forgot it was the second song that we ever played I forgot I thought it was like later on but it was actually the second song uh, ever which is very very cool. But uh yeah, going through and listening and uh, listening to myself announcing the songs and everything and uh definitely being transported back to that day. I can definitely remember recording that very first episode 6 years ago and uh sitting in that old WRFA studio and uh yeah, being really being nervous but also having a lot of fun. It was it's like I uh I definitely don't think I I like the quality of those early episodes weren't amazing, but I I do think I was probably having some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, Doing doing radio. I mean, it's it's kind of not that different from like when bands when bands will be like, you know, you talk about like not what your best album is, but what was the most fun one to record? And it's almost always like the very first record or the first EP or even like the first demo or something, because it's like you're not good, but it's just you're so you just go in so excited and just full of like, you know, just, just nothing but wanting to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like even if you're nervous, you still want to do it so badly. And, uh, you know, getting in there and doing it and everything very, very satisfying. And it's like, you know, the end result, like what comes out may not sound great. Like I, you know, I sound fucking awful on that first episode, but again, like while I was doing it, Oh man, it was like some of the most fun I've ever had. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's why I'll always, uh, Remember recording that one, you know, I I don't know that I particularly remember every single episode I've ever recorded because a lot of them are sitting in the same, you know Studio and you know talking to the same microphone and everything so, you know, they those blend together I mean, I remember like interviews and stuff like that But um, you know, yeah with episodes I don't I don't know that I particularly remember tons and tons of specific ones but that very first episode I definitely do and uh, I'm sure I'll always remember that but yeah, it's been fun too, like celebrating this month and, uh, I mean, having Travis Shettle of Piebald on for the, uh, for the episode two for the sixth anniversary. And, uh, they're, they're, uh, if you didn't listen to that episode, uh, we're the only friends we have their record, my favorite Piebald record, uh, their masterpiece, but really all their records are great. Uh, that turned 20 the same day that we turned six. So that was really fun. And then we, uh, we just got our new four hour time slot of eight to midnight. Very, very cool. And, uh. Last week was just our second our second episode in that time slot, but our first one was on the 6th anniversary episode with Travis. And uh, that was great. I mean, having four hours, we then played the entire record of, uh, of We Are the Only Friends We Have. We played the whole damn thing, and uh, it was awesome. So we played all of that. We we did the uh, interview with Travis. We uh, played the first playlist from uh, episode one of the Power Chord Hour. And uh, then we also played like a little assorted, like, uh, you know, kind of like piebalds, like, greatest hits you know like a couple songs off all the other records you know tried to like throw a little bit of everything in there with uh we're the only friends we have it was really fun it's uh it's cool to do it four hours now every week It, it becomes in a way it's a challenge but like i i feel like lately with doing as many interviews as i have it's not so much because you know the first hour hour and a half you know sometimes two hours is uh you know is normally an interview and then after that you know playing new music from whoever i just talked to and uh, then playing a bunch of other stuff so i mean it's not it's not too bad funny enough it might be harder weeks that i don't have a guest because then I have to put together a, a four hour playlist. And then like, you know, you put together like a four hour playlist. Not really. I probably put like three and a half hours. Normally, that's what I'll do. I'll go somewhere like, say, three and a half hours. And then from there, you start cutting it as you go. You know, like, like you may you may start with that many songs. But by the time I'm talking, there's breaks like technically to the radio show doesn't start at eight. It starts at like 808, to be honest, like there uh, there's a little like rock and roll rundown where they talk about local shows and stuff for the weekend right before we start. So I mean, technically we started like 808, but like, you know, it's all those little things where, uh, you know, it's not, it's not straight four hours. So you'll start cutting things. But I mean, I still, if I'm doing a playlist, like for next week, it's funny, I'm doing a, and and I would still do this, but this idea did come up when we were still at two hours and I thought it was fun because that Jughead interview I was talking about, Will uh, be out the following week, but like, you know, kind of like is a fun way to like tease that. But, um, I'm going to be doing all Lookout Records, like an entire Lookout Records playlist. Now, I mean, I'm excited for that, and there is a big catalog, so you know, there's definitely songs to fill in there, but you know, it those songs a lot of them tend to be so fast that it's like you, like, I gotta fill a lot of time, like, there's. You know, like two hours wasn't a big deal. I I basically had the playlist ready and then we moved to four hours and I was like, oh, shit, like I got to, you know, I got to kind of like hunker down and like, you know, throw this and that in. But with that, that also like that's fair enough for repeats like at at two hours. I don't really throw repeats in. But if we're doing four hours, there's definitely, you know, there's there's certain ones, you know, I'm not going to stick to just one song from a certain artist, you know, or off classic records. But uh, if you want to hear what I end up playing, that will be out, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, the week that this is out. Oh, man, what would that be? It's our first episode of March. Let me pull up the calendar here, and I'll tell you. It will be on, if you want to listen to this, on uh, March 4th. We'll be doing that All Lookout Records playlist for uh, four hours. And actually, I think I'm also going to be, to, uh, to kind of tease that Jughead interview for the following week, I'm going to play a couple of minutes of it. I'll probably actually I'll probably do more in a couple of minutes. I might I might play like 20 minutes of the interview cuz so we did like an hour and a half interview. So it's a uh it's a really great one. It's a really it was like a nice long interview with Jughead, but uh yeah, I think I think I'll end up playing like some snippets of it, you know, maybe play like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there throughout the radio show. And uh yeah, if you want to hear that and all those Lookout songs, I mean, what a classic uh record label. And we talked about the impact that uh, you know, that label had. With uh, when I was talking to Jughead, and he's also so modest. I mean, you know, and don't get me wrong, it's not that it's not Screeching Weasel is the only band who who influenced bands from that era. But I mean, Jughead's guitar playing in Screeching Weasel was so influential to so many people, myself included. But I mean, he's too modest for that. So you know, he he talks more about the other artists, you know, from Lookout Records in that era. But he's he's not wrong. I mean, he's also a huge part of that though. But he's not wrong. I mean, them Green Day. Um, The Mr. T Experience, The Queers, I mean, there's so many, like, classic, I mean, and that's that's nothing, that's just, that's like scratching the surface, I mean, you got Crim Shrine in there, The Lookouts, The Criminals, I mean, there's there's so many. They're pansy division. I mean, I'm just gonna keep going on. So uh, so I'll stop because you get what I'm saying. But uh, such a such a great label. So yeah, we're gonna celebrate that and play four hours of Lookout Records on uh, on this week. I keep saying next week's radio show. It's really this week technically, uh, you know, because it'll be Friday night. But yeah, eight to midnight now. Eight to midnight Eastern every Friday night. On 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. And if you do not live in Jamestown, good chance you don't. Uh, check us out at WRFALP.com. And uh, you'll see the listen button there. You can stream the radio station worldwide. So check that out. And, you know, not, I mean, check out our show. But check out all the other shows, too. There's a nice, honestly, on Friday nights, there's this great show that's uh, been going way longer, way longer than Power Court Hour. They've, they've been there long before we were here. But uh, Third Street Garage and uh, Rob Jones plays a bunch of like punk rock or like garage rock, punk rock. Like, I mean, not terribly different from a lot of the artists that I play on Power Chord Hour. Like, I definitely, we, we work, I think, very well back to back, which is nice because uh, the Power Chord Hour in 2016, when we started, did start at 8 p.m. Our original time slot was eight. And then a few years later, we moved to 10. And uh, now going back to eight o'clock, uh we return to uh being right after third street garage and it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. The two shows, if you listen to them, um, it makes total sense. So, you know, check out, obviously check out our radio show, but check out Third Street Garage, because if you if you're a fan of this, I think you'll be a fan of the music that Rob plays on there. And uh all the other great all the other great shows on uh WRFA. It's such a it's so diverse. You'll hear so much. Like like, you know, you can hear you might tune in and you'll hear like, you know, you'll hear my show. You might tune in and hear a show of all old school hip hop. You might tune in and hear a show of all Swedish music. You might tune in and hear like all Grateful Dead bootlegs. And if you do tune in for all Grateful Dead bootlegs, I apologize Uh that maybe you'll turn us off, but come back after that one. I might apologize for but. But anyways, there is a lot, you know, a lot of cool uh, stuff gets played on there. So I'm very, very uh, stoked to be part of the station and uh, now to do four hours a week. Very, very cool. Basically, basically took over Friday night on WRFA and I'm all about it. I'm very stoked. So, uh, yeah, we got we got that Jughead interview coming up here next week. I mean, on the on the podcast, that will be uh, that will be next week on here. And uh, yeah, during during February, we had a couple really good ones. We had Mikey Ergon, we had Travis Shettle, uh, we had Chelsea, Chelsea uh, from Stress Dolls, and she kicked off the month, actually. And uh, I believe I recorded that with her at the end. I think it wasn't February yet. I think it was like the very end of January uh, we recorded that. But that, that was our first episode of uh, February, and really, really fun and uh, that's another one. Who uh, uh, again? I'm not. I'm not like you know. Nothing's announced, so maybe I, I shouldn't uh, say all this. But another one. Once I get this uh, show going uh, for down here sometime in the summer, we, would definitely be on the list of uh, people I would I would like on that show. But uh, yeah, Chelsea talking about the Buffalo music scene and the Ferdonia music scene. That was really fun. We both went to school in uh, Ferdonia. She graduated like a year before me. But, uh, talking about the music scene while she was there and the music scene while I was there. And, uh, it was really, really fun. Cause also like Buffalo used to be, and I say used to be because I, I am coming back here right before, uh, COVID hit. So, I mean, I never got a chance to really see shows and I mean, they're starting to come back now. So I'll be, I'll be back up there soon enough once I get my car issues figured out, but, um, I like talking to her like about what's up with like the venues and the bands playing and stuff because it's like you know used to be a place I went to tons and tons and tons like including when I was in college driving up to Buffalo because it's like another hour away from Fredonia and uh, you know it was great to just ask her all these like you know talk about her music and stuff too but also be like you know like oh is like this still here or like what's this venue like. It was uh, it was great. It made me excited for next time I'm up there. And I probably actually probably in like I think it's like a week or so away. I need to if my car's not fixed, I might just have to rent a car. But a Willem Scream is playing up at Mohawk Place and I really want to go check that out. So I think even if uh, even if I still got car troubles, I might have to uh, I might still have to go see that. Because that would be be a pretty good show. That's a band I've never seen that I just feel like would be amazing live. Just absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, Chelsea was a great way to open the month. And uh, on the radio show, we opened the month with uh, Jay, Jay Vicks, who uh, used to be in the band Red Rover. And uh, from the New Jersey pop punk scene. And uh, now runs the uh, New Jersey pop punk Facebook group for uh, pop punk ska of uh what is it like 1994 to 2002 i believe is the uh, specific era but like you know just kind of that kind of like 10-year runabout and uh really really good dude we put that up on the podcast feed a a bonus pch episode a while ago but uh, that was really fun that was actually a four-hour episode that was before we got in the four-hour time slot But, uh, WRFA was cool. Like when we were at 10 o'clock, like, because afterwards it was just kind of late at night, it would just be like a random music mix. So, I mean, they would be cool anytime I'm like, Hey, do you think we can like, you know, go to like 2am? Can I do like a 4a or like a four hour uh, episode? They're always cool with it. But uh, now we're just doing four hours every week. But yeah, I went four hours earlier this month with Jay, just talking about the New Jersey pop punk and ska scene and playing a bunch of songs. And uh, it was really fun. It was too good not to put on the on the uh, podcast feed. I gotta have him on again sometime. He is uh, he's awesome, and his Quarantunes, which we talked a bunch about, and I've mentioned on here because he had me on it as a guest back in uh, twenty twenty. But uh, he put on some really cool, some really cool ones. Funny enough, actually, uh, both both Mikey Erg and Travis Shettle, uh, two people who I had on on this month's uh, on this month's show, actually were also past guests. On Quarantunes. I they might have played the same one actually. Um, I can't remember. He he did them. He hasn't done them in like about a year now. But they're great. I really hope he brings them back at some point because they're uh, they're just awesome performances from from uh, you know a lot of them are from bands from that New Jersey pop punk scene, but also bands who toured during that era and would uh, come through. And yeah, really really neat. It was an honor to uh, be on it too a few years back, but I wanted Jay on and I thought this was the best way to have him on to, to uh, talk about something near and dear to his heart and a scene that I think is very cool, even though I wasn't there, it was cool to talk to him. Mikey, Mikey Erg, actually, uh, if you didn't know, he came up in that scene too. We talked about it during our uh, interview, not for four hours though, that was more of, we talked about it for like five, ten minutes, but uh, yeah, with Jay we talked about it for like four hours. And was just uh, it was a great time. It was fun talking to him. Like so many, so many good guests this month. Uh, like just really fun. Even ones you haven't heard yet with uh, Jughead and another one actually really really cool. Uh, I did it last. It would have been last week, but uh, Mickey Lee. Which, uh, if you do not know Mickey Lee, he is uh, Joey Ramone's younger brother and uh, was a frontman of the Rattlers. And now he is in his new band, Mickey Lee's Mutated Music, just put out a great new record, Variance of Vibe. And I got to talk to him and uh, interview him about it. And uh, talk about the book, I Slept With Joey Ramon that he wrote, which is so funny. I swear, I've been meaning to read that book since high school. That book came out in 2009. And I think since 2009, I've I have I've walked past it in Barnes & Noble and a bunch of other places. A Borders, I definitely... <laughs> shout out Borders. When Remember, remember Borders, you guys? I, I'm sure there was a time in my life where I walked through a Borders and saw that book. And, uh, you know, I've always wanted to read it and just have never gotten around to it for whatever reason. And then I, uh, I had that, I had that interview scheduled and I was like, oh, I should start reading that. Like, and it, and it's like 400 something pages. So I did not finish it. Cause I started reading it like a, a week before I uh, talked to, uh, Mickey, but, uh, I, I had to put George Clinton's book on uh, pause. I, it's so funny. Cause if you listen to last month's January rundown, I was uh, I just finished Richie Ramone's book, and I, I I gave like a book review almost on Richie Ramone's book just last month, and then I I uh, started George Clinton's uh, book, and was re- and is really good too. I really like George's book, and it's been uh, it's been great. But I I put it on pause when I found out I was uh, interviewing uh, Mickey because I'm like this seems like the best time to read. I slept with Joey Ramone, like you know before I talked to him, and uh, I had a lot of fun talking to him. I was kind of bummed because when we uh, when we got it booked i uh, I don't know if it was publicist or what but uh it got screwed up because Mickey had to go had to go uh, do a music video and I can't forget I forget what song it's for but it's gonna be out soon and I'll definitely promote it when it's out i I'll, I'll uh I'll throw it on social media for you. But, uh, you know, I, I called him and I don't I don't think he knew it was supposed to be right then. So, uh, I mean, he was very nice. He made it work because he did have to go to a video shoot. And I'm like, you know, we can uh, reschedule. But he was very nice and, uh, you know, called me back. He's like, give me a minute. Like, I'll figure this out. And uh, he did. But it wasn't as uh, just sadly, it wasn't as long as I would have liked. I would love to do like a really there's just so much to talk to him about. I mean, whether it's. You know, Mickey Lee's uh, mutated music, his time in the Rattlers, you know. I mean, obviously being Joey Ramone's brother, I mean, he wrote I Slept With Joey Ramone, which is right now being adapted into a movie. Um, He does the Joey Ramone, the annual birthday bash. He does that every year. And uh, and that was cool. I did talk to him about if uh, you've—go check this out on YouTube, The Love Triangle is uh, what they call themselves and it is Mickey Lee, CJ Ramone and Richie Ramone and at those birthday bashes. They've done it a few times. They get up there and they uh, the three of them play Ramone songs and you know, I mean it's Mickey up there playing with I mean like like Richie and CJ, like the Ramone, you know what I mean? Like the surviving Ramones, like everyone minus Marky up there. And and Elvis. I guess I guess Marky and Elvis. But uh you know, I I would say the best, I mean, the best drummer he has up there, Richie Ramone and CJ, such an amazing legend. And, uh, you know, it was great talking about that and ask him like what it's like to get up there and, you know, play, play those songs that, you know, your brother wrote. And then you're also performing them, you know, with actual Ramones. I mean, just insane. And, uh, it was very cool. We talked about all that. And I also realized too, like in the middle of the, in the interview, I told him the, uh, the triangle is complete because, I've interviewed CJ, I've interviewed Richie, and now I've interviewed Mickey. So uh I I've, I've now interviewed everyone from the love triangle. But uh yeah, it was really cool to talk to him. Again, I wish I would have had more time. I was like like it's probably like a 40-minute interview. I think it's like somewhere in there, which like isn't bad, but like honestly, I probably had enough like questions written. We could have done like a 2-hour podcast. Like we we really could have done like a 2-hour interview. But, uh, you know, that's OK. I'll uh, you know, it, it happens. It happens in interviews. And I think that's why it's good to have like more questions than you need, because like when I was going through, like instead of going going down and like I, I kind of have an idea of how I wanted like things I wanted to ask him and stuff. But once I found out we had like X amount of time, they had to go record a music video. I kind of got it down to where it's like, OK, like. You know, I still want to promote because I don't I don't want to be one of those guys who just asks him about Joey Ramone like that. That has to get. I mean, the man is a musician and has done so much in his own right. And, uh, you know, I'm a fan of his new record and I like the Rattlers and everything. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to just talk to him about. But it's like, yeah, obviously, I'm a huge Ramones fan. Like, I want to talk about being Joey Ramones' brother. Like, I got some Ramones questions. So, uh, you know, and I I feel like I got a little bit of everything in. You know, we got Ramones talk in there. We got talk of the new record. But, uh, you know, there's definitely, like, I didn't get to talk so much with, like, CBGBs. I mean, he played CBGBs a lot. He obviously saw, you know, the Ramones playing there. Like uh, all that stuff. So I'd love to talk to him more about like, you know, New York City in the in the 70s and 80s. That would have been a lot of uh, that would have been a lot of fun. But it's still still a really uh, fun interview. And that will be out. that will be out the week after uh, Jughead. So that will be in two weeks. that will be out. But uh, go check that out. Variance of Vibe, the new uh, the new record. From Mickey Lee's Mutated Music and uh, if you've never read I Slept With Joey Ramone I'm uh I'm I'm still reading it I'm now at this point I was gonna jump back to George's book but now I gotta finish this before I jump back to that because now I'm further in because I was trying to like speed read this before the interview so like now I'm now I'm like a hundred something pages in so now I gotta finish this book and then I'll jump to George Clinton's book again. But it's so funny because, I mean, yeah, go listen go listen to the January Rundown. I'm talking about reading Richie Ramone's book and finishing that. And, like, it wasn't two weeks later that, like, I, you know, it's like, oh, you're interviewing, you know, you're going to interview Mickey Lee. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got, like, I got to read this. Like, I mean, I've always wanted to read this book. So the best time to read it is probably, you know, a week or two before the guy who wrote it, you're about to talk to him. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was cool to talk to him. Anyone from the Ramones universe. I mean, it's, a. I it, I think sometimes this show is just a replacements and Ramones love fest. Like it's just, it's just like a, that, that's all it is. Like, I, mean, I love, I love other bands and artists, but like every episode, which funny enough, Ramones and replacements both get brought up later on in the music news I have for you. But, uh, yeah, like, like anyone pertaining to the Ramones universe, is always just I, I love it. I mean, those guys were just obviously legends, and it still is insane when you think about them all being gone. The original four, like you think of, you think of those first three records, and all four of them are you know are just gone now. And even even on the other ones, you know, I mean, if you look at like Richie Ramone era, Richie is the only one who is still alive. Off those ones. Marky's the only one who's still alive on those first couple records that he did with them. Not uh, obviously not the later ones. him and CJ are both still alive. So you still got the rhythm section from uh like the last like three uh, Ramones records. But all the other ones he either got, they're either passed away or one member standing, you know, with the drummer. There there's the drummer on it still uh surviving. But that's about what you get, which is so sad. But uh, you know, it it, it is neat to see how uh how big, you know, I think the Ramones, and and I wouldn't know because, uh, you know, I I did, I did discover them long after they were broken up. You know, they, uh, they, they broke up in 96. So I was like, I was born 92. So would that be three? I was three or four when they broke up. So like, you know, I found them later on. And I mean, I think by the time I found the Ramones, they were pretty legendary. You know what I mean? Like a pretty big band, like not a, by no means a small band. But, you know, definitely during their time, I think they were a – not that they – you know, they played, I think, decent-sized places and people knew of them. But, I mean, not – you know, they never got the mainstream success. Radio didn't really play them a lot. You really weren't hearing them on MTV or seeing them on MTV. Like, you know, I I don't think they were ever as big until later on. Like now – you know years and years later they're they're huge i mean it it's very much i was thinking about it the other day i think it's a lot like like the misfits situation where the misfits can now come back because you know they're all still alive and they're playing arenas like they're playing these huge places the ramones is the same thing i think i mean if the ramones were still alive and they came back today they'd be playing arenas like by by all means they would be playing arenas like they would be selling out madison square garden like i would I 100% believe if if the original four of them, or even not even that, if it was even the last lineup of C J, Marky, uh, Johnny, and Joey, I think even them, I you would get a sold out show at Madison Square Garden. Like I, I don't, I 100% believe that, and. Uh, you know, it's sad to see that that those guys didn't, uh, you know, I, I think around the time they were, which, which is also fucked up. I think around the time that, uh, you know, Johnny and Deedee Dee and Joey all passed away it was around that, uh, you know, I, I think they did start getting recognition. I think Tommy was around long enough to, you know, see it a little more and, uh, you know, kind of get some of the accolades. But, you know, the rest of them, I think around the time, which is just so sad, I think around the time all of them passed away that, uh, you know, it was around the time I think they were finally starting to get you know, some of that credit that they, uh, you know, that they always deserved. But uh, yeah, it was great talking to Mickey Lee. Excited to get that out and uh, check out his new album. It is really, really good. I've been enjoying it. And uh, I can't wait to uh, finish up finish up, I slept with Joey Ramone, which is still going to take me a while. It's probably going to be most of March, I would say. I'm not a, if I, it's funny. I have the fire under my ass. I read fast because I knew I was going to interview Mickey. So I started reading a little faster. If I don't have that, I, uh, I definitely need to push myself because I'll, I'll get in little spurts where I'll read a lot for a while and then I just won't read again for, for quite a while. You know, it, it's kind of like what I ask like musicians. Cause I, I do, I always like asking that, but like Do you write like all the time or do you like write in spurts? And I kind of do that with reading. Like you won't find me reading daily, but I'll get in these. Even this year, I've been trying to keep up with it. And, uh, you know, I'd like to read, if not daily, I'd still like to like, you know, at least do like a book a month. I mean, I think that's pretty doable easily. And, uh, you know, having but but still like I will but it's like slowly but surely but if I if I had to if I was interviewing George Clinton next week oh I I would go fucking read that book in a heartbeat I would finish it you know like right away which I mean I would be stoked if I got to interview George Clinton next week I uh, I loved his book I was getting I was so slow getting through it because I'm I'm right at the beginning and like he's talking about all these like really early like soul influences of people I've never heard of but like He's describe like he's just describing and it's so like he just has a love for music like like he still genuinely loves music and, and all the stuff that he came up on and all his influences like you can still tell there's like you know like he still has that admiration for those for those people and like. He's talking about, like, some of these, like, old, old, like, soul legends. Not even le- Actually, I shouldn't even say that because, like, they're- some of them were a lot more obscure. Like, I'd never heard of them. And he's, like, naming these obscure, uh, you know, soul artists from, like, way, way back. And, uh, you know, I had to keep, like, putting the book down. And googling them and listening to them because, like, the way he would describe describe some of them, like, you know, it's like, oh my god, I got to hear that. He's like, you know, this is, you know, this guy's voice sounded like this, or this guy's voice would like smooth as butter. This guy's voice, and like, you just got to go, you know, like, it just made me want to go listen to everything, and uh, I had to keep like putting it down. I, I, I think there was like. I forget the chapter, but there was even like one specific chapter where it was just like every page was like that, like because he was comparing everyone in his band. He was like giving a comparison to everyone in his band, who they sounded like, like who they were shaping their, uh, you know, their uh, voice to, to be like. And it was like, oh my god, I listened to all this, and it was all really, really good. Because like, I mean, if George Clinton says it's good, that like if he's bringing up in this book and telling you that they're they're a really good artist, you gotta go listen to it. But uh I was really enjoying his book. I get back to that after I uh finish this one. So I got I got some reading on my hands and uh I got some more interviews coming up too. So I got a I I just broke out a, a new interview a new interview notebook the other day. So it's time it's time to get into uh time to get into the next few guests which uh I'm excited for because again like ideally I'd have a guest just about every week on this show. It's uh it's more about just kind of keeping it, you know, keeping it going and uh, reaching out and uh, getting some. And also, I mean, people also reach out to me and stuff. It, it's uh, it's funny how that works. Like it'll be like a, a mix of it where like there, there will be sometimes where I'm like I have a few guests and I'm getting towards the end where I'm not going to have a guest. And then someone will hit me up and then I'll be like, oh, I really like I like that one. A lot of times, actually, I'll get ones where it's like I was going to hit them up and someone – from that camp or like, you know, their their PR person gets a hold of me and I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like I was gonna like I'm just terrible at reaching out to people. Like I would have I would have asked you on. So uh you know I I've had that sometimes which uh, is definitely definitely a nice thing. But uh yeah I, I just plan going into March here, planning to uh continue reading and writing interview questions and just kind of getting stuff around. I uh, I do wanna I do wanna thank too a uh, quick shout out to uh, Hank's Alternative Radio for uh, giving me a shout out on his show a couple weeks ago It was very very nice told everyone to go uh, check us out and uh, our website and us on, you know on follow us on social media and everything. And uh, it was just very, very cool. Very nice shout-out. And he plays a lot of great stuff on on his show. So you definitely go check out Hank's Alternative Radio. He is uh, – we follow each other on Twitter. I believe he might – I don't know if he – he's probably on Facebook too. But uh, Facebook and maybe Instagram. But at least Twitter. Just go look up Hank's Alternative Radio. And uh, also on YouTube you can go find his shows. But go check him out. He – I mean, you know – not a, not totally unlike stuff I play on here. He, uh, I forget what band it was. I was, I was asking, uh, people if they, if they had any like requests for lookout bands for that all lookout records episode I'm doing next week. And, uh, he, I forget what band it was. I got to go back and look. I'd never heard of them. They're a more obscure one, but they were really good. And it was interesting because they were more on like the power pop side. Like you could hear why they were on lookout records, but they kind of came from a different angle than a lot of, uh, than a lot of the, your typical lookout bands. And I really, really liked it, but, uh, I'm, I'll definitely, I'll definitely play something from them. I just got to go back and look at, look at, uh, what man he tweeted me, but, uh, yeah, check out, check out, uh, Hank's alternative radio. That was nice. Uh, very nice of them to, uh, shout me out. And, uh, it was just a great, it was a great month to, uh, celebrate it was like our, uh, you know our anniversary month, like just really a lot of cool stuff, like a lot of uh, interviews with people who I uh, absolutely love and uh, look up to and uh, you know, and then that new time slot really, really rad. And then I was just talking to shout out, shout out to Grace. Who uh, has made? If if you have a, a Power Court Hour T-shirt, she's got them made for us twice before. But if you own one of those, she uh she's gotten them made like so nice. Just a fan of the show pays like just she paid to get them made just because she's very nice. And uh, you know she said well when uh, sometime coming up she's gonna get some more made for us. So uh, I don't know once I once I figure that out once she gets them and everything, I'm uh, I'm sure I'll be offering them up for uh, you know. For the trade of a of a nice uh, review, Raiden rating review or something like that, you know, I, I won't, uh, I never charge for them. That that would just, I don't know, I wouldn't like that because she does it, she just does it as a way to help promote the show. Like she's a big fan of of the rate, like going back to, through the radio show. Like she's rad because she's here from Jamestown and uh, has been supporting the radio show since like 2016. So she goes way back, but uh, she was getting shirts made before the podcast was even a thing. Uh, she was getting made for the radio show. But uh yeah, just insanely nice of her. But I mean if she's getting those made, like I'm not I'm not trying to turn a profit on those. Like I'm not I'm not trying to charge people. But uh at least I can exploit you for a nice review for a t-shirt. I think that's a fair enough trade because I still do have to pay shipping. But, uh, yeah, once, uh, once that happens, I will, uh, I will definitely let everyone know, but, you know, I, I shout out to Grace for getting, I mean, for those made in the past, forget even offering to get them made now. I think that was always, that's always one of the raddest things like anyone's ever done for the show. Like, you know, definitely, definitely not expected, appreciated, but not expected at all. So, uh, you know, very, very cool of her, but, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of like everything of my, uh. Of my pre ramble before I get into some new music, though I say that's everything like it was nothing, and I think we're like 40 minutes in now. But uh some good music that did come out this month, and then I'll play you a couple songs. Super Chunk just came out with Wild Loneliness. And I mean, do I have to do I even have to say anything? It's new Super Chunk. You gotta go check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, what the hell is wrong with you? A uh, a new live EP from Bob Mold came out, speaking of merge records, new uh, new one from Bob Mold called The Ocean. With a, uh, I believe, one or two Husker du songs on there. And a uh, solo one. So go check that out. Uh, Bob Mould is amazing live. So you know that EP is good. Uh, like I mentioned, Mickey Lee with Variants of Vibe. And he's going to be on this here show in two weeks. Talking about that record. So go listen to it now so you'll be ready for that interview. Scott Sellers of Rufio. That dude has put out so much music During the last few years, and he just put out another one. It is the 13 EP, so go check that out. Gregor Barnett, you might also know him as Greg Barnett of the Menzingers. His uh, first solo record, Don't Go Throwing Roses in My Grave, just came out, and we'll play something off that here in a minute for you. Hot Water Music just put out a new single called Lock Up and is off the upcoming record, Feel the Void. Really, really good. I'm excited for uh, that new record. The Ergs, we just had Mikey Erg on, and they just put out their Renovations EP. It is, well, here's the thing. It is streaming on on, uh, on streaming platforms, and it's up on Bandcamp, so you can go grab it digitally. Vinyl will be out soon. Uh, when I was interviewing Mikey, he didn't know the exact date yet, but that'll be up soon. But if you, if you don't want to wait for that, the songs are out digitally, so go grab it. And uh, just like that time in the season EP, really, really good. I uh, I absolutely love it. I I love uh, those and that and that collections too. That hindsight is twenty twenty volume two, so so good. I uh, I've been I've been listening to a lot of ergs even even after interviewing Mikey. I've still been on a huge ergs kick lately. Uh, just so so good. So go check that out. You Vandal with a new record they just put out pretend I don't exist. Scoop Ski just put out a new one called See You Soon. Ultra Bomb just put out their debut single. It is Stickman Man versus Hangman. It is really, really good. And that is a punk rock super group of Greg Norton, Finney McConnell, and Jamie Oliver. You got UK subs, you got who's and and uh, there's actually some Husker du vibes in this song. I really, really like this. I would love to get these dudes on for an interview here. To uh, I actually I talked about them not long ago. I think uh, when they when they announced they're recording a new record uh, a few months ago. Uh, but now now that there's a song out, I was already excited. But this new song is so so good. You definitely gotta go check this out. Another new one from our friends in Mini meltdowns. Johnny is back, and uh, this one is a new single called Super Blue. Put it out on Valentine's Day. Very, very nice love song for uh, his fiance, and it was so good that uh, he wanted to release it. And I'm happy he did because it is a really good song, and we'll play that for you too here in a minute. Dan Andriano with a new one. Dan Andriano and the Bygones, Dear Darkness, really, really good stuff. That he does with uh Dylan and Randy of Get Married. And actually also uh Kayla, I don't think she was on the record, but I believe she's their touring bass player always are also of Get Married. And uh, I love that band. If you've never listened to Get Married, go check them out. Also the Moore family band, they do a few things, but like they're really, really good musicians. And I also know they're all huge fans of Alkaline Trio, like long before they were in this band with him. So I also think that's really rad that uh the three of them get to be in a band with uh, Dan Andriano, but really good stuff. I, uh, I like that Dan is uh it's cool to see him, uh, you know, putting stuff out. Obviously Alkaline Trio is not putting out as much since uh, Matt's joined Blink, but uh, you know, it's, it's good. Anytime we get new stuff from Dan Andriano and uh, I would love a new Alkaline Trio record at some time, sometime soon. I, I would think that'd be coming up. We haven't had a new one since 2018, so I think it's about time. But uh, anyway, getting back to new music that we know is out, not not music we're anticipating. Uh, Tamar Burke just put out a new single called Your Permission. And uh, I'm very excited for this one. I'm going to play it for you right now. The Stereo have a brand new single out called Kings of No Hope. I uh, I got some good news when we get into music news here in a little bit. But I will tell you that uh, the Stereo have announced their new record, 13. And if you heard my interview with Jamie Wolford uh, back in August, he actually announced that the stereo had a new album recorded right here on the Power Chord Hour. It was very, very rad. He broke the news right here on the show. So it only makes sense, right? It only makes sense that we play the first uh, single off the album that he announced on on uh, the show. I, I think that makes sense. So uh, we'll play that right now. We got some new music for you from the stereo. First new song and oh, my God, I don't even know how many years but uh, right now, this is Kings of No Hope off the upcoming record 13, right here on your February 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast.
0: Time matches over, Holy Ghost. Locked in our hearts, a mellow toast. To a golden age of blows, we can't, we can't, can't. Say hello to the kings of no hope. Call the stereo. On we'll a sinking ship of sound somehow landed underground. Another box to kick around the slow rebound. Youth reaching at the dummy rope. Keep reaching, yeah, keep reaching. The suits keep telling lies and selling jokes. and From Less Than Jake And you're listening to The Power Chord Hour Nice
2: I wanna be a deaf That visits the fountain Of this lobby
1: February 2022 rundown Of the Power Chord Hour podcast That was Mini Meltdowns With their brand new single Super Blue Hopefully we get some more stuff from them this year They uh, they always put good stuff out Before that was Greg Orr Barnett with Talking to Your Tombstone Off his debut solo record Don't Go Throwing Roses in My Grave Really really good I, I really enjoy it Like the whole record is good but there's probably Three or four songs on there That uh, stand out as I think some of like Greg's strongest stuff and, uh, it, it's a nice mix on there too, because going into it, I was like, you know, I wonder if, cause I'll be honest, like I was, I was excited for it, but I'm like, you know, I wonder if this is just going to be an album that you listen to and go, oh, these should have just been Menzinger songs. But I gotta say, after listening to it a few times now, like it's still, you can tell who wrote these songs. I mean, they sound like songs written by Greg, but like. They're different enough where I would, I totally get why they're a solo record. You know I mean? There's the charm of the Menzingers singers in there, but it's not, it's not just stripped back menzinger singer songs. So I totally get why he did these, uh, solo and, uh, doing them with Will Yip only made it better. I mean, everything Will does, uh, is just so fucking good. I mean, if I, if I like look back at like the last decade, I feel like Will Yip has worked on like all, all my favorite albums and I think he played on it too. He produced it, but I want to say he also played the drums on it. So just really, really good, Greg and Will together. It's a uh it's a nice combination and that record's really, really good. So go check it out. Don't go throwing roses in my grave. I don't know if he'll be on. I uh I did actually send out for an interview request and uh we'll see if that happens. Definitely uh definitely no guarantees. And I don't know if Greg does a lot of like podcasts or not, but Hey, I like that record, so well worth uh well worth reaching out and seeing if we can't make something happen. And uh opening up that block of music was the stereo with Kings of No Hope. The uh, first single off their upcoming record, 13, which I'm very, very excited about. And uh, that brings us into our very first piece of uh, music news. Like I mentioned earlier, last August, Jamie Wolford of the Stereo was on this here uh, show. And he did announce that the Stereo had written a brand new record and that uh, Rory was putting together a uh, five-part mini, uh, kind of like mini-series podcast. About The stereo and uh, now both of those things are coming out and uh, you can help by going to the stereos brand new Kickstarter campaign And uh, help crowdfund a brand new record from the band the first one in oh my god I mean, I think almost 20 years and uh, you can go check it out They're gonna be releasing their brand new album called 13 and they have their brand new podcast series called kings of no hope the uh, first episode of that podcast is out now, and if you go back the Kickstarter, you do get the shows, I believe, two weeks in advance. And uh, also, there's a bunch of great perks if you want to go check that out that include shirts, deluxe edition vinyl of the new record, a demo and B-Sides collection, cassette tapes, a Zoom chat with the band, a custom song written from the stereo, and a ton more. That campaign is going on from now until March 9th, so you still got about a week to uh go help out and uh, you definitely should there's some good perks there plus i mean a new stereo album i mean you just you just heard that new song i mean i'm pretty damn excited for the rest of that record so uh if if you want to go help out and they are doing really well right now actually like as i as i record this and it's probably went up since but uh, the band is currently at thirty-two thousand dollars, and uh, you can help them reach their next goal of forty thousand. So go check it out at Kickstarter.com. And uh, very, very cool. They're a band who just they they did not get the credit they deserve the first time around. So how rad is it that they're like coming back now and like people are really excited for the new record? That I mean, that new song is so good. They've uh, I, they they said that this album was kind of like the spiritual sequel to three hundred, and I get what they're saying. Even just off that first song, I'm like, I I, I love it. Like they just they picked up where I mean, I know where they left off. I mean, because Rory wasn't in the band at the end, but like they kind of picked up where they left off after Rory was gone. You know, after you know Rory left and everything. So it. Uh, it it just gets me so excited. I was excited already when he announced it before I heard anything because, I mean, just just saying, hey, the stereo is working on new music got me excited. But when you hear something, you're like, oh, my God, like you like they're just great. It's uh but it hit me, too. I was listening. I was listening. It hit me while I was listening to it. But that Kings of No Hope podcast, which I would definitely say go check out. Episode one is out right now. And, uh, you know, just thinking about the whole thing of, of Rory being in in uh, The Impossibles and Jamie being in uh, Animal Chin beforehand. And, like, just thinking about it going, you know, no wonder this band's so good. You have these two guys who, even before being in the stereo, were prolific songwriters in these bands that, I mean, people absolutely loved. You know, which, I mean, just like the stereo, though, too, were, uh, you know, I think still underrated. You know, those are, you know, Animal Chin and uh, the Impossibles are two bands who may not be commercially the biggest bands of that era of ska, but those are two that you get seen seen brought up constantly as, like, people's favorites. Like, who are the best bands of, the, of that era? And uh, those two get brought up. But I was thinking about it, and it's like, I think Jamie and Rory, I mean, you... Like, that's why the stereo is so good, including that first record, because you had these two, like, you didn't just have one front man who was, like, really, like you know, wrote these main songs, you had two, you had two amazing like frontmen in that band together. Then, uh, you know, that just made that band, like, of course they're going to be as good as they were. And also like, I really think no matter what genre either of them did, they would just be good. Like, they're just those people who like, there's certain musicians who I think it doesn't matter what genre they play. It's going to be good. Like, like I truly believe like like, if Jamie Wolford had grown up to be a country singer instead of, you know, in, in a, like, power pop, pop, punk band, like, I think he would be, like, the best at country music. Like, I think if he grew up playing folk music, he would be the best at folk music, you know? And same goes for Rory. Like, if Rory didn't play, like, ska, power pop, pop, punk, like, he wasn't known for, like, the Impossibles and the stereo and stuff like that, and he was instead, like, into polka music, like, he would probably be... The best at writing polka songs because like there's just certain musicians like they are and they're just good musicians like genre has nothing to do with it. They may be known for a certain genre, but they just be good no matter what. I mean, it's something Joey Cape gets brought up a lot. uh, I know me and Joey Cobra have talked about Joey Cape quite a bit. And this kind of gets brought up as one of those guys where uh, you can strip back a leg wagon song and like, yeah, it's a great punk rock song. You can also strip it back and it becomes this haunting acoustic song. You know, you can add some twang to it and it becomes kind of more country or, you know, just even stripping it back and it's kind of more singer-songwriter. However you kind of, you know, play around with those songs, they still sound amazing. I mean, the Mad Caddies did a uh, Alienate. Yeah, they did a cover of Alienate a few years back. And I mean, even hearing it, you know, hearing the Mad Caddies, do their version of that you realize like oh yeah like it doesn't matter how you play this song or what genre it's in like it's it's still really really good and uh you know that's just one of those things that that hit me when i when i was listening to him talking on the podcast i'm like you know i mean they're prolific songwriters and they are great at everything they've done rory and jamie but like it did hit me where it's like yeah they're like they're just musicians like it has nothing to do with their they were good at writing like power pop songs or something like that they're just good at writing songs, you know, they just happened to have, you know, heard like, you know, the blue album like that's the only that's the only reason they were so good at like writing those kinds of songs because had they heard an influential album from another genre and went in that direction. I can still guarantee you they would have been amazing at it, but uh, thankfully instead they they went for for something that is more up my alley. And uh, probably yours as well. But uh, I'm really, I am really excited for 13. That is going to be really good. And we're definitely going to have Jamie and Rory. On the show when that comes out, I was going to when the Kickstarter came out. I was going to have them on, but like they do not need help promoting that. Like it is. They keep reaching these goals. Like I said, they're like thirty two thousand and their first goal was like five thousand dollars. Like the goal. The first one was like five grand. But I mean, people uh, people are excited for this new record. And I am I'm one of them. So, I mean, go help uh, back that you got till March 9th. And uh, again, that is at kickstarter.com. So go help. I uh, Go help for me. Go help for for you and everyone else who wants to hear a new stereo album. Because uh, that is going to be good stuff. That is definitely on my most anticipated for the rest of the year. If, uh, you know, if we're talking about albums that I'm really looking forward to in 2022, that is like way up there. So uh, yeah, we got that coming, which uh, I'm very excited for. Moving on to some more music news for you. Now I don't know this uh this one can be kind of polarizing I feel like but I'm I'm excited for this tour but uh Sum 41 and Simple Plan they have announced the Blame Canada tour and uh surprisingly for the first time in their 20 plus year career I'm surprised this tour is never even not just this tour but just I'm just surprised there's never been a tour that had both Simple Plan and Sum 41 on it but apparently not so for the first time in 20 plus years They are uh, hitting the road, and they're going to be playing the United States this summer with dates all over. They're going to be playing Cleveland, Philly, Nashville, Portland, San Diego, Pittsburgh, Denver, and many, many more, April through August. Uh, If you live in the United States, chances are they are playing around you somewhere. And the tour is going to be a co-headliner, and uh, this has me pretty excited. This is why I'm really excited for this tour. Uh, Sum Forty One is going to be playing all killer, no filler, front to back, and Simple Plan will be playing their debut record, all or no pads, no helmets, just balls in full. And uh, I mean that excites me. Both of those, I got, I gotta say, like both of those. Uh, both those records very early on for me were huge. Like, I mean, way, way before so many bands that I talk about on this show, like way before I ever discovered The Replacements. Uh, I wouldn't say way before The Ramones, but still, a, I'd say two or three years before The Ramones, I uh, I was listening to Simple Plan and Sum 41. And those two records, I uh, I remember getting Sum 41, All Killer, No Filler at uh, New World Records in Buffalo, which that was such a great record store. I got a lot of uh, really important albums to me at that place, which is now long gone, sadly. But it was on Elmwood. And uh, I've definitely talked to a few people. from. Actually, you know what? We didn't talk about it in the interview, but I do know for a fact I've talked to Chelsea from Stress Dolls about New World Records. And she uh, she's also a fan of it. And many other, many other people from Buffalo I've talked to who were a fan of that place. Really, really good. And, uh, I remember buying that at a site at their sidewalk sale. It would have been like, I, I think the album might've been out for like a year. And it's funny cause I bought a used copy, but the album wasn't out for very long. At most, the album had been out like a year and a uh, simple plan. I got also in Buffalo, uh, when they played the kissmas bash, a radio festival back in, uh, that would have been 2002, I believe, 2002 or 2003, and uh, I remember going and grabbing that album. Funny enough, they uh, I, I remember them saying they were going to come out and sign the record. They're really, really fun live. I didn't know who they were before this. I mean, again, this is this is 0203 before that record really blew up for them. And, uh, I mean, they were just so fun live. It was just an amazing, uh, really fun live show. Definitely the best band to play that, uh, that radio festival that night. But I remember them saying they were going to come out and sign uh, the CDs after. And I went out to buy one. And uh, they never came out, sadly. But I think it, it was just the demand. I think uh, I think it was the merch people said. Maybe it was a total lie. But they there was just too many people came out to uh, actually go out and sign. Originally, they didn't think that. You know, no one knew who they were, and then there was just too many people to come out there and sign them all. But uh, you know, either either way, I bought that record and a really really big one for me. So I mean, I'm I'm excited for that tour. Like you know, I uh, I, I feel like some forty one and simple plan can both be polarizing, just in the way of you know, obviously obviously there there's a lot of like older punks or people who are more. Uh, you know, I, I don't know just holier than thou about about pop punk, which I mean, I, I can be at times, which I also then go, it's ridiculous. You're talking about a genre called pop punk. But, uh, you know, I will never not love those uh those records. You know, I uh, I don't know. I, I definitely haven't followed Simple Plan so much in like recent years. But I mean, they're they're uh, really rad dudes always put on great shows. And I mean that those first two albums were huge for me. As a uh, as I mean going in goddamn like nine years old like nine or ten I would have been around when I when I found those so I mean those were really like my entryway you know into uh, into pop punk and then eventually more punk rock and stuff but to to hear both of them play those records I mean talk about a nostalgia fest <laughs> you know I uh, and I'm about it that is a nostalgia fest that I got to say I'm probably buying tickets to I won't I won't lie I, uh, you know, they have me on that one. You know, there, there's, uh, and I know I've talked about this. I've talked about this a bunch, just the the good and bad of it, but just also just the things about it that interest me, but just the whole no, kind of nostalgia circuit of things. But this one, this one is very much on that for me to, uh, and both bands I've seen tons live throughout the years. I've seen some 41 and Simple Plan a bunch. Even, even like later on, like I saw Simple Plan like, I mean, given it's been like 10 years now, but like Warped Tour 2011, uh, Sum 41 I saw at the Alternative Press Awards when uh, Dave rejoined back in, what was that? I think 2015, which was really cool. I got to say, I I did not know that was happening. And uh, they got on stage and played, and then all of a sudden he came out. I don't think he came out for the first song. I want to say they like played. I could be wrong, but how I'm remembering it is Sum 41 played a song And then all of a sudden the next song they played fat lip or something from that era. And Dave came out and it was like, Oh my God. Cause again, all killer, no filler, huge record for me. And, uh, you know, to see, to see them up there playing that, you know, minus, minus, uh, Steve was out of the band at that point, but you know, minus Steve having a cone, Derek and, uh, and Dave up there was just insane, was so, so cool to see. So, I uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to this blame Canada tour. I I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people will too. I mean, those records were huge in the early 2000s. You know, I really we're kind of at that point now. I think like 01 and 02 and 03 even. I'll even say that like we're talking about like a three year stretch. 01, 02, 03 were humongous for pop punk. I mean, we're just if you go look at like the big juggernauts of like early 2000s pop punk, those were the years they were released. Like those those were the biggest years for uh for those albums and maybe 2002 more than the other ones maybe even more than 2001 2003 i think 2002 might really truly be the sweet spot if you go look i mean there's just there's just so many that got released that year all killer no filler got released technically in 2001 but um, uh, no pads, no oh, helmets, just balls. That does turn twenty this year, so I'm excited for that. You know, I'm I'm pretty excited for that tour. I won't I won't lie, and you know, also not not even that they're really you know, it's not that I listen to a ton of either of them anymore, but I'll still put them on, uh, you know, from time to time. And it's not anything. It's not like I even think that they're they're bad anymore. It's just I, my tastes have changed. But I mean, I always have that appreciation of like. Oh, fuck. Like, they wrote these records that, you know, still mean the world to me and that, uh, you know, I still put on from time to time. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, you're looking forward to that as well. I was actually sad there's not a Buffalo date, which I was also surprised because, I mean, both uh, bands being, I don't know if they're both from Toronto, but they're from that that region and, uh, you know, playing Buffalo a ton back then. I mean, you know, if they're coming to play the States, they would, they, both of them would play Buffalo a lot just because you have, you know, you got to go through Buffalo anyways. And uh, I was kind of surprised there wasn't a Buffalo date on there. But they're playing Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So, I mean, they're playing around me. So, I'm definitely going to go check that out. But uh, one more piece of news for you. Record Store Day 2022 has been announced for April 23rd, 2022. And a list of the releases have been uh, put out now. So, you can go check it out. Uh, I gotta say, not a bad list. There's some stuff on there from The Muffs, Iggy Pop, Super Chunk, The Sheila Divine, Lou Reed, The Damned, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, The Gun Club, The Offspring, but uh, the best ones, the easily, I told you earlier I got some replacements and Ramones news, and really the whole reason I'm kind of telling you about uh, the releases for Record Store Day is uh, if you're a Ramones and replacements fan, lots of good stuff coming. I am most excited for, and this I might actually buy. I, I've said on here, I've kind of lost interest in record store day the last few years, but this one they have me on, uh, the Ramones, the sire years, a seven LP box set with pleasant dreams, subterranean jungle, too tough to die, animal boy, halfway to sanity, brain drain, and an LP of rarities. And Ed Stasium is uh, remastering the records. I mean, that is, that is pretty damn cool. I can't remember if I talked about this on here, uh i guess the last rundown when i was talking about Richie Ramone's book i can't remember if i mentioned it on here or it's just something I, I was talking to people i can't remember where it was on the podcast or real life but um you know those those richie era albums and those cj era albums are you know have been so many of them have been out of print since they came out like 20 plus years 30 plus years honestly and uh, it is it is really cool to see that, you know, to see that uh, coming out. And if you're a Replacements fan, a couple things coming out. Uh, unsuitable for Airplay, the Lost KFAI concert. That is a 2LP set of the January 23rd, 1981 7th Street Entry Show. And uh, if you picked up last year's Sorry Ma box set, that was included in CD form, but now is available on vinyl. If that is your thing, and the other one, which is very cool, it is the Bleeding Hearts' Riches to Rags. It is a long lost album of uh, some of Bob Stinson's final recordings, released almost 30 years after it was recorded, with uh, liner notes from Trouble Boys author Bob Mayer. So that's pretty cool. I am uh, of those two. I'm really excited for the Bleeding Hearts. I mean, any new stuff that you've never heard from Bob Stinson is always a good thing. The other one is uh neat, but I'm, I'm not jumping on that. I think it's like they're pressing like 10,000 copies and it just, I don't know. They did this. They did this, I think with, with every release so far of these box sets that, that uh, Rhino puts out and the box sets are great. I mean, I always praise those replacements box sets that they do, but the thing that kind of bothers me is that they'll give you in CD form, but then what they'll do is like six months later, put it out on vinyl for record store day and then charge you like $20, $30. And I'm just like, honestly, I mean, it, it does feel like a cash grab because I'm like, you could charge another $10, $15 for that box set and just throw it in there. You know what I mean? Like you could you could match the difference and make it a 2LP box set, like a three CD, 2LP, you know, the, the one record being the actual studio album and then the second record being you know, those bonus tracks or that, you know, recording. I'm kind of like, I don't know, that bothers me in a way. Like, uh, you know, it's a real it's a real small thing, but I'm like, you know, charge another $10, $15 working on the price of the box set and just give me that on vinyl instead of being like six months later going, hey, you know that box set you just bought with those bonus tracks? so You can buy them again on record, you know? Like, I don't know, I don't love that, but the uh, Bleeding Hearts I'm about and that Ramones box set, I don't know what that's going to cost, so like my excitement may die once I uh, once I realize that it's like you know three hundred dollars or something like that that I can't afford. But like within reason, if that thing's under a buck fifty, I'm probably gonna I'm I'm probably grabbing it. Like I mean, it's. uh, Really more than anything for the Richie era and Brain Drain because, you know, Subterranean Jungle and Pleasant Dreams. It's very funny. I was thinking about this the other day because uh, Subterranean Jungle just turned, uh, I forget what it just turned, but just had an anniversary like two weeks ago or something. And it's so funny because I've seen other people say it's not just me, but like. That album is so wishy-washy and like it's not – it's far from the strongest Ramones album. But at the same time has – like the songs that are good on it are some of their best songs. Like Outsider and Psychotherapy are like – I mean those are two of like the best Ramones songs on an album that is not all that great. And, uh, you know, same thing with Pleasant Dreams. Like the KKK took my baby away. Another one of like quintessential Ramones songs on an album – with not tons of quintessential Ramon songs, uh, but Richie—I mean, the Richie Ramon era—is the biggest one there. But I also like Brain Drain. I think that's a great record as well, and those rarities. But really, the Richie era of Too Tough to Die, Animal Boy, and Halfway to Sanity—I'm—I'm uh, I'm all about that. I would love—I would love if uh, if Richie got to do some liner notes for that. I don't—I don't think he did because they've already announced uh, some of the stuff with it. But I think that would be so cool. I I remember saying on a Twitter not long ago, and a lot of people agreeing that Rhino should put out a uh, should put out a Too Tough to Die box set, kind of like they do with those replacements ones uh, for its fortieth fortieth anniversary coming up in uh, it would be 2024. And, uh, you know, I mean, this isn't a box set; it's just on vinyl so they could still do it, but it is great to see too tough to die getting a vinyl release. But I would still love in two more years if they did a box set like they do for the replacements and for the, uh, they've done it so far with the first, uh, four, the first four Ramones records. And also it's alive has also, has also gotten the box set treatment, but that record with, uh, you know, with a bunch of like demos and rarities and, And, uh, you know, some liner notes from Richie Ramone and stuff. I I really want Rhino Records to uh, release that in a couple years. And uh, I I remember when I tweeted it, though, they, uh, I don't remember if they retweeted it. They might have just favored it. But a bunch of people who weren't even following me started like, yeah, like they were, I got lots of retweets and favorites on that. Because people were like, fuck yeah, like everyone wants that. Like Too Tough to Die is just, I, I talked about this last time, so I'm not going to get, again, this is, really is, sometimes just becomes a Ramones and Replacements fan show. But you know what? They're too fucking good not to. It's like the Ramones, like, how can you not? Like, like I just listen to them go, they're the greatest fucking thing in the world. Like, if you can't find something that you like in the Ramones music, you're a fucking asshole. Like, I don't want to know you. Like, if you can't, if you can't even just smile and go like, oh, like, you know, it's a fun song. Like, if you just can't enjoy a Ramones song, I don't I'm not going to like you. But uh I'm very excited for that box set. Again, I I mean I, I have my I have my threshold at about a buck 50, maybe $200 cuz realistically, it's going to be somewhere in there. I mean, these records have not been pressed in years. A lot of them are rare and worth quite a bit of money if you go buy them on the secondhand market, so I, I very much see, uh, I, I assume, I haven't looked at what label's putting out. I'm assuming that's Rhino. I mean, Rhino's put out all the other ones. So I'm going to say Rhino Records is putting that one out. But uh, I'm really excited for that. I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. I uh, That might get me to go to Record Store Day this year. I've not been in the last few years. I kind of... I've picked up a few things here and there just afterwards because it's the other thing. Sometimes they just press. That's like that Replacements one. Like, I mean, the the Bleeding Hearts one, I don't know what it's limited to. That I might jump on more if it's a more limited pressing. But they press like – they're going to press like 10,000 copies of that Replacements concert. And, like, it, it, I wouldn't mind it on vinyl, but I'm like, I'm not there, – there's a good chance I'll find that on Clarence, you know, a month or two later. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing with record store days. There's certain – There's certain releases that you gotta actually go to record store day and get, or you're going to pay out the ass if you're trying to get it set like on eBay or something like that. But then there's other record store day releases that like you can't give away that like to this day, we've all been in record stores where you go over and there's that bin that just says past RSD releases. Like we all have seen them, we all know what I'm talking about. If you've been in a record store, you've went over and looked and it's all it's like three or four copies of each album from record stores day past that they could not get rid of. So it's like I I think that's part of the thing that kind of got me to stop going where I was like, you know, you like if it's that rare and I have to pay $20 for a 7-inch It's like some of them are worth it and it's cool, but then you get to a point of like, well, I pay all this and I feel like a fool because they're like, they're almost like worthless and they just sit there, you know, after a while because they weren't that limited, you know, or they press thousands, you know, it's not so limited when you press 10,000. Like it's a lot harder to convince me to to like go camp out or get up really early to go if I'm pretty sure there's going to be thousands of copies left over even if I don't get there that day but uh, still some really good I got to give credit where credits do some pretty good releases for this record store day so uh, I thought I would share those but that is the music news that is our episode that is our February 2022 rundown of the Power cord hour podcast hope you enjoyed it uh, find us online Twitter Instagram and Facebook follow us if you would at Power cord hour. Uh, hit me up, howrecordhour at gmail.com. I mean, if you got something that you're trying to promote, you want to sponsor, hit me up. We do cheap uh, cheap sponsor stuff here. Not uh, not expensive at all. We'll help uh, spread the word. And what else? Check out, check out the radio show in our new uh, time slot of 8 to midnight Eastern every Friday night, 107.9 WRFA and WRFALP.com. And uh, yeah, I think that is going to be it. Make sure you tune back in because the next episode is with John Jughead Pearson of Screeching Weasel, of Even in Blackouts, of the Mopes, of the Mitochondriacs, of his new podcast Jughead's Basement. Tons of stuff. I, I mean, he's a legend. He's an absolute legend. There's no, there, there's no denying it. He's very modest. But he is a punk rock legend, and I got to talk to a punk rock legend. So I'm excited for you all to hear that, so make sure you do not miss that. But until then, for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.